0: Hi, welcome to Chat with Sunlight. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we will explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-based Christ-centered education. Join us for everything you might be interested in for organizing your homeschool, connecting with others, and details on literature-based learning, and maybe a few sneak peeks. Hi, welcome to Chat with Sunlight. I'm Jonna Lawrence, and I have with me today Gretchen Rowe from Denny Learning. But we are going to talk about life after your kids are in school. So it doesn't matter if you homeschool, private school, public school, us moms have a whole nother life ahead of us. And how do we approach that? What are our fears? What are our anxiety points?
1: And what do we do with all that? So welcome, Gretchen. Oh, it's my great pleasure to be here. And I have to tell you, this is something that I've been contemplating for a number of years. And I have these conversations all the time with homeschool moms. And when I ask them what their plans are after their journey is ended, most of the time I get a blank stare.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And a little bit of that, I think I've been preparing to present this topic on the uh, conference circuit this year. And what I often hear from moms is, I've poured myself into my children. And if you have a walk of faith, you know, we want to be that Proverbs 31 woman who rises in the morning. And we forget that she was an entrepreneur and that she uh, ran her own business and that she did other things besides educating her children. But we're also acculturated to believe that pouring ourselves into our children is the highest form of love and. Um, edification we can give our kids. And the downside to that, as I see it, is you can't pour out of an empty cup. That's one. And two, when there's nothing to pour into anymore, when those children leave, what do you have to nurture for yourself? And I think that we need to be asking ourselves these questions, whether we're teaching kindergartners or seniors in high school, because it makes a difference to our journey. And I've had the privilege in preparing this talk for the last several months to talk to a lot of homeschool moms who finished their journeys. And one of them just said to me recently, she said, you know, I realized that for a number of years, I modeled selflessness to my children in such a way that my children didn't know who I really was. Mm -hmm. And she said, I had set aside my hobbies. I had set aside the things I was looking for. And in setting those aside to educate them, to raise them, to launch them, I lost who I was. And I think that's a huge unspoken tragedy in the homeschool community because we don't talk about it. And Mm -hmm. if you go into the homeschool community now and you say, so what does the community tell parents who are finishing their journey to do? In most instances, what you hear is, well, mentor other homeschool moms along the way. But again, that's still pouring out of the cup. It's not filling the cup. And I think that's huge. I think we need to make sure that cup isn't empty.
0: Well, and that's, so going back, when you mentioned Proverbs 31, woman, we all strive our faith is in the Lord to be a Proverbs 31, to be the ruby that our husbands value above all things. But in it, she talks about, and I have done this for years. I've always had a part-time job somewhere, but where she had her vineyard. And like you said, I've always cultivated something that just was extra. And I did that because my kids wanted to do extra. So I did extra. And so my kids have seen me, we're gonna do school and we're gonna do, but I'm also going to do direct sales or I'm going to work in an office, or I was also a programmer. Uh, you know, I would go into the office and I would work so that they could go do their things. But it helped me coming along but as I approached the end of my year last summer, mm-hmm. I was at the end. And I was like, oh, so what are we going to do
1: now? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, I think there's an unspoken edict that the difficult years in parenting your children are when they're small. And that's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that there's the phrase, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, And it's not that I'm even referencing problems per se, but as your children grow and differentiate themselves from you, you've got to figure out how to stay in relation with them, particularly when they make decisions that don't line up with what you think they should be doing. Um, And frankly, one of the most valuable pieces of advice I got in my homeschool journey was from one of my children's godmothers. And she said, this was as my eldest daughter was graduating high school. She said, I want you to go in the bathroom. I want you to shut the door and stand in front of the mirror. And I want you to practice saying, how's that working out for you? Until you can say it without sounding snarky or obnoxious. And I looked at her and I vividly remember this conversation thinking, why would I need that phrase? (laughs) And now my children range in age from 37 to 18. And it has gotten to the point in my life where if I say that, they're like, mom, why are you saying that to me?
0: (laughs) Are you kidding? You've said that to me.
1: (laughs) Well, I think there's a lot of times where we do things not by intention, but because of expectation. And what I really want to encourage moms to do is to have an expectation that that cup is half full. What are the things you want to do? Start making a list, pull a $2 notebook out of a drawer and start making a list now so that you know the things that you have an interest in, because there's a high degree of stress when you graduate that last child. What's going to happen to them? You're no longer in control of the future. Not that we are in control of the future a whole heck of a lot. I think we like to think we're in a lot more control than we are. We know that God is sovereign and we're, if we've launched them well, they'll make good decisions and they're on their own. Mm -hmm. So that's not the time to then go, oh, geez, what was I really kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life? If you're planning that all the way along, then the transition, I think, is less painful. At least that it was for me personally. It will be for me personally when I do this for the very last time in 12 weeks. Um, And that's what I hear so often from the moms that I have spoken to. And I have, in crafting this conversation, I have probably had 60 or 70 conversations with moms in the last year about, Mm -hmm. so what did you do or, you know, what did you think? I've talked to parents, uh, moms who have gone back into the workforce. I've talked to moms who have completely obliterated their entire house and done a whole house renovation. I've talked to moms who have taken up a craft or an art, um, uh, I talked to a mom last summer in Arizona who said, I went back and got started my master's degree. And I think that if you think in realms of possibility, it's much easier to start that journey than if you get to the end of your student's high school journey. And now you have to think now what happens?
0: Most moms don't know their identity. They have been the stay at home mom or the mom, the homeschool mom and their identities and what their kids do and what their kids are, you know, what their house is. And it's not theirs. And and part of that, I mean, you shouldn't be outside of your family, I guess, but you need to hone your husband's relationship. I think that needs to be God first, then your husband reunite that beginning relationship when you first got married, when everything was fun and you know, the world was your oyster again, because you're back at that point, your kids are moving out, and you're going to have to be joint minded when it comes when those kids come back from college or their workplace, and they say, so what do you think about this decision? And you have to, like you said, Jessica, so what do you think about that? (laughs) You know, and that's, that's hard. Um, We've, you've done this, Many years, I've done this many years, but you're right. We reinvent ourselves and you don't have to have a job. You don't have to go and have a major degree. I know ladies I meet and they serve and that becomes how they're serving and that's their their new place. And they can be the example to other moms that there is a life after that is not consumed with schooling your children or making sure your children are in the right place.
1: Absolutely. Those, I think toward that end, part of that is if if you embrace service because that's what you want to do, right? it's a wonderful thing and that's a gift and it's a gift you can give others. But if you embrace service because that's what you think you're expected to do, then there's those hidden resentments that come right. up and that is not what we're called to be as we walk in faith. I not
0: all of us can be God does not put the mantle on all of us to be the same thing. So there are those who will serve. Those are those who will be administrators, those hospitality and teachers. They are all across the spectrum.
1: And, you know, you said something really important, and that is relationship, particularly with your spouse, if you're married. Um Uh, I know a lot of the years that we parented when our kids were small, by the time we got to the end of the parental journey in any given day, we were all both so exhausted. Um, It was hard to even think about what you wanted, you know, a conversation. And for years and years, my husband traveled. Most of the years that I homeschooled, I was pretty much a single parent about 20 days a month because he was on the road. Um. But when he was in town and he would come home, I would say things like, so how was your day? And he would say, fine. And I would say, no, no, man, I need subordinated sentences. I want lots of words here. Let's go. I've been with little kids all day. I need to have adult conversation. But he'd given out his 50,000 words that day. And it has been amusing to us and a source of minor strife to flip that because now he's retired and I am not. And I'm 50,000 words a day helping families in their homeschooling journeys. Mm-hmm. And he comes in to my office and he says, I want to tell you a story. And I'm like, uh, could you just drag nap that? Let's bottom line, whatever it is you need to tell me so that I know what I need to do. And we can laugh about that. But there's there's a kernel of recognizing that as life changes, you have to be willing to adapt to those changes too. So uh, my
0: husband and I had talked about it, and thankfully we had been planning this. We homeschooled 23 plus years, and the last two, three years of homeschooling with my husband here, we, he often told me what his plans and what our goals were, and we were dreaming. And unfortunately, his dream was that I would go to work full time and he could retire and not have to work. Um, and those that don't know, my husband passed away. So he got to retire and I got to go to work. So <laughs> we, we fulfilled what God's request was. So, but we were prepared and we had a plan in action and it was well prayed over, but we did it together, which was kind of a nice, like, we know what the plan was. It was already in place and it was going.
1: So. And, you know, we did not. We didn't know what the plan was. We moved back to the town we grew up in nine years ago to help take care of my mother-in-law. And if if there were a phrase that undergirds the last nine years from us, it, it is wow, we didn't know it was going to be this. And it has been amazing, but absolutely not what we expected. And so we had to be willing to change our expectations or maybe lay those expectations down. And sometimes that's really hard. Um, I know I've been through a little bit of whiplash with my kids, my youngest child, um, all my kids, my five oldest kids are college graduates. They all went to college and my youngest has up until last year was very intent on a college experience. And um, last April I looked over at him and I said, what's going on with you? And he burst into tears and said, I don't want to go to college. And I said, okay. And he said, I thought you would be mad at me. And I said, no, I want for you what is best for you. And 18 years ago, when my eldest child started college, I said, you'll go to college because it's a ticket punch to a better life. But I've since evolved to the point of view that says, if you've got to go into debt to go to college, you shouldn't do it. No. And he said he was embarrassed to tell me that what he thought he wanted to do was go to a trade school. And I was so grateful that he was willing to confess what he really wanted to do, because I think that in building that relationship with your children, particularly as they become young adults. They're going to make decisions that you don't plan on. Mm -hmm. And I had to recognize that I was going to have to mourn visiting colleges because I was looking forward to that. You know, this is my last one. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. And I didn't get to do that. And you know what? It's okay.
0: My, My last one also came up and said, I'm not going. And I'll work my way through and earn the money to pay for college. If I decide to go to college, that's not going to be on you guys. I'm going to take full ownership of it, which is as a mom, that's awesome. But I too was like, oh no, you go to college, you go get the next thing. You need to get a degree. And he is still trying to figure it out a year later, but he's working full-time. And then he has a part-time job. I mean, he's He's working his tail off and he's doing fine. And he's learning what he's good at and what he's not good at in the workplace, which I think is the best teacher for him at this time. So,
1: yeah. And that, know, one of the things I think that we could do as we prepare to end this journey, particularly with our children, is we do our kids a disservice in the society when we say uh, to a 17 year old or an 18 year old, What do you want to do when you grow up? Because, uh, I, in all honesty, I did not know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And um, there are still days when I uh, I walk it out in faith, not in sight. So <laughs> I think um, being able to give our kids the opportunity to experience things, what they think they might want to do, maybe the best thing to do is let them experience something and maybe they learn they don't want to do that. I had a valuable Um, lesson in that last year with Owen, he did a three week internship with my nephew, who is a high powered attorney, um, Mm -hmm. in St. Louis. And Owen has said from the time he was eight, I want to be a criminal defense attorney. Well, we created the opportunity for him to really see what a criminal defense attorney's life is like. And I would have bet money if I was a betting person, which I'm not, but I would have bet money that he would have come back and said, yep, that, that is what I want to do. And he came back and said, oh no, oh no, I do not want to do that. Huh. What a valuable experience that was.
0: And what a great way to save some money in
1: one. <laughs> <moment>. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, because there's plenty of attorneys out there who went all the way through to get their degrees and then went, why did I do this? I don't like what I'm doing. So. so
0: in all your talks that you've had with all these moms, and I think I was telling you, I have some friends that are graduating their last one this time. One of their biggest, all of them, well, the ones I've talked to is the anxiety that's coming ahead. What would be something you would want to tell those moms that are just like, I I hear you. I understand. I got to figure out my interests, but what do I do? You know, and what about the myth that I'm going to have all this time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. That's always fun. There's all this time, but um, we forget that, you know, life doesn't cease because our kids graduate. Um, There will still be lots of things that you have to do And we don't have the luxury of unlimited time when our kids leave the nest. I do think it's really important to sit with that anxiety and sort it. Because I think you're dealing with more than one kind of anxiety. The first anxiety you're dealing with is what about the future for my child? And we have been so invested in our children's lives that now that they're making decisions that are on their own, there's an inherent degree of anxiousness in that. And so if you can recognize that and sort of name that character, then when that character we'll call him Bob, when Bob shows up, you can say, Now, Bob, just step back. I I'm trusting that I have invested my time well with my child and he's going to be okay. So it, um, being able to name the anxiety of the future for our children something that allows us to acknowledge it but not necessarily internalize it I think makes a huge difference yeah. for ourselves the
0: anxiety <laughs> uh, of I just visiting all these ladies telling you so I told Bob to hit the road
1: <laughs> and we're all gonna go around going, well I, I, I find Bob. <laughs> I find that if I can identify the anxiety and give it a name then when it comes back around to sort of smack me in the back of the head I can go no 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 Bob we've dealt with you 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 just get on down the road and I think that makes a difference um I think the other inherent anxiety is what am I now if I'm not a homeschool parent Mm -hmm. and if you've graduated your kids you're a success That's right And that's something we need to acknowledge. But that goes back to, if you so thoroughly sewed yourself into your children's lives, now it's the time to sit with that anxiety and and acknowledge, I haven't taken a lot of time for me. So what does the me in my heart want? And sometimes that means we have to talk to the little girl in our heart um, because we've been busy saying to that, Little girl, no, not now. My life is in my children's lives. And we have to be willing to revisit that. So this is where I think there is merit in um, sitting with a journal and putting your thoughts down. Mm -hmm. Some of those thoughts will surprise you. Some of them will be fabulous and wonderful. And some of them are not going to be fabulous and wonderful. And you have to be willing to sit with all of them.
0: Unfortunately, yes. All of them have to be in countries.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But um it, there's another thing that I want to say that I think is really important. As you're sorting this, particularly if you're in a relationship, men are acculturated to solve situations. And as you're sorting this out, particularly if you're an external processor like I am, so you want to have a conversation with someone about, here's what I'm thinking, your husband's not that person because he's going to want to solve whatever the issue is in front of you. So hopefully in your homeschooling journey, you've cultivated friends who can come alongside you and sit with you as you work through what comes next without saying, well, that's what you should do. Or that's what I want you to do. um, Because that is huge. And I think that avoids the inherent stress that comes with your husband, not wanting you to be in distress. Because they're
0: fixers. And that's how God designed them. They like to fix all our problems and make our life easy.
1: I think the hardest thing my husband has learned in the last 10 years is to say to me, so am I just listening to you or are you looking for a solution? (laughs)
0: Mine was very good at saying the same thing. He's like, so am I really in this conversation or are you just telling me words and I can just keep going? (laughs) I often would visit him in his office, just like your husband comes to you. And I'm like, I've got things I got to tell you. And he's like, Oh, am I really in it? Or Are you just going to tell me? You know, I'm like I can just tell you, and you
1: not. And you know what? It's that's the same way with your adult children because they're going to tell you things. And I have learned to say, okay, am I a solution finder here in this equation, or am I just supporting you? Right. And what I didn't know in learning to say that to my kids is my kids have said that has taken the pressure off of them that they want to come to me and process through something but they don't necessarily want me to solve it for them.
0: Right. They're not coming to me for the answer. They're just coming to me because I'm a safe zone. Right. I am their journal. I am their virtual journal.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. It makes a difference.
0: So Gretchen, you said you're going to be giving basically this topic, but a whole lot more fleshed out a whole lot more at several conventions, which conventions
1: it's I'm going to be v- yet, in North but... Carolina and I'm I'm hope um one of the things that I'm hoping for is in this conversation is to have to make it a participatory one
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: because we're all in a different stage of the journey and I don't have all the answers. I just want to provoke the thoughts so that right. people are really thinking about the process because it, I
0: mean, what kind of service are we in when we support our homeschool moms? We're not homes supporting them as they walk off the stage. You know, we're giving them that diploma. This is your graduation. Let us help you process through to the end. And so many moms, like you said, we get to the end. We don't know. We're scared. We're anxious or there's just not, oh, what am I going to do? But now giving them the tools to think through to make it to that in and go with confidence that even if I have no idea what I'm going to do, that it's all good. I'm going to make it. And there's, I'm not the only one. Yeah.
1: Right. So, right. I, I think one of the things that happens is if we're fearful, we forget that fear is a spiritual gift from the opposition. Mm-hmm. So if we can acknowledge our anxieties and like i said sit with them not in a i'm going to wrestle this thing to the ground put it in a chokehold and make it go away but i'm going to acknowledge it and sit with it and define it and maybe name it bob then um it will be easier when it comes up in my life because it's not like you can wave a magic wand and say oh i i have no anxiety about anything because you're not giving up being a mom Right, And as your kids grow, their needs change and they'll always be things you're concerned about.
0: I was going to say that was, and you and I've talked about it. parenting our adult children is harder than parenting our children, learning how to be potty trained or read. And I used to think reading was the hardest thing I could ever do because if you, they don't get reading and they don't get the basic math, then you really are failing them because they can't function as an adult. But you got there and now you're, oh, now you have to be bigger. Like you said, bigger mm-hmm.
1: Bigger the kid, the bigger the issue. It doesn't matter if it's.
0: And, the, you know, it's, I it's, think
1: the, we need a book, you know, the what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah. We need a book that says what to expect when they enter adulthood. No. For every one of us, it's different. So are you writing that. <laughs> you're about that sixth person who has said that to me and I'm like oh I don't know whether I'm worthy and capable but I think it needs to be written so we
0: could get contributors you could just organize everybody to write a chapter <laughs> uh,
1: not a bad idea so you know what I want what I want moms to take away from this is If you were a homeschool parent for any length of time, you put a significant amount of time into planning your academics. Mm -hmm. Put as much time into planning what comes now.
0: Right. I say you and I talk to moms all the time that they come to us and like, I have been researching and pouring over catalogs and I know everything about your curriculum. And I know how this works or that works, but I just need you to fine tune my decisions when they come to us. And yeah, they need to do the same due diligence Correct. to their own life after kids. And yes,
1: you're right. Absolutely. I think uh, I think for many parents, we feel like, you know, the years pass swiftly, but some of the days last forever. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves staring down the gun barrel of graduation. And we're like, how did I get here? And I know I said that on more than one occasion. I mean, I, I'm i an only child, but I've had six opportunities to practice how did I get here. And I probably was at my fifth child's graduation before I really was intentional in recognizing that I stood separate from them and I needed to figure out who I was and what I would be.
0: So I encourage all of our listeners, come find us at conventions, come and ask Gretchen. So let me tell you about Bob or all things. That's your code word. Let's (laughs) talk about Bob. So Gretchen, is there anything else? And then we will let people go.
1: So I'll tell you why I chose the name Bob, because Bob is actually an acronym. It stands for Beloved Old Burdens.
0: Oh, I like
1: that. And we need to recognize that they're not burdens. Um, Anxieties travel with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this day and age, if they don't, I'd really like to have a conversation with you. Uh, But those beloved old burdens don't need to burden us. And I think that's the really important thing that we need to be able to do.
0: Well, and the key on that is that they're beloved. I mean, we were there. We can love on them and let them move on their own and travel with us without it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Being harsh.
1: Yes. And I do hope that parents will come and tell me, what was your plan? What did you choose to do? I'd love to hear it.
0: As I say, you can find Gretchen in the Demi Learning booth. You can find me at some sunlight booths. Or you can just find us at our own websites and communities that we are involved in.
1: That would be terrific.
0: Well, I hope to have Gretchen again another time. I love talking to you, Gretchen. And you know, you and I can, we could gab with the best of them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I never am short of opinions. So um, as my mother always told me, so.
0: And your opinions are always very welcomed in my book.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you.
0: Thank you, Gretchen.
1: And if you have
0: any comments or you want to get hold of us, you're going to find links in our podcast. Um, I will put links to Gretchen's information that she shares with me in our podcast links. And I hope to hear from you soon. Bye.